Poet Revolt Cosmetics helps you shine in all your moments with a variety of clean, cruelty-free, and non-sticky lip glazes. This makeup artist's created and approved brand carefully curates clean ingredients including peppermint to help you feel good and do good as a portion of proceeds goes to selected mentorship programs that give youth and young adults the confidence and tools to be successful. Holt Revolt offers long-lasting shine and moisture, and this is the part I'm excited about, Taylor. Tell me about it. <laughs> Holt Revolt is also offering our listeners a 10% discount off your next purchase using code CIRCLE when you check out. Get glazed today at HoltRevolt.com. That's H-A-U-T-E-R-E-V-O-L-T.com. Awesome. Go check it out, y'all. Check it out. In this episode, we um, had on one of my boots, sorority sister's sisters, um, Victoire, and her sister, Grace. And so it was kind of cool just chatting with them about the law and their experience in the law industry and so yeah yeah i really enjoyed this conversation and we got into a discussion about 23andme and Mm -hmm. how um i think uh, grace wasn't going through a trial with them i don't think however she does not want to give her uh, information to them gotcha but so. yeah but it was just like being a part of technology law and stuff like that thinking about those things which we talk in depth about um in both the interview and in the wrap-up at the end of the episode so yeah and i think it also um is cool if you guys uh really challenge yourself to take on taylor's self-care tip she really got very vulnerable about her experience with anxiety and her um, therapist like to say it was a little bit of a depression too as she was in college and what she was going through but like just some of the tips that she learned in therapy and how she utilizes them now kind of navigate through some of the decisions um, or life challenges that she's going through currently so it was cool this episode was jam-packed so yeah well you guys listen in and enjoy enjoy guys hey y'all it's amber sheree and i'm taylor Bree, and this is the inner circle podcast hey y'all hey i don't know why i got so excited to record <laughs> right now <laughs> i guess um the biggest thing is we tried something different this season of recording the intro closer to the release date versus like how we typically did it so y'all are kind of real time in our life right now and it was my idea and Amber was just like we'll see how it works (laughs) yeah and also too we received feedback from listeners where like for an example they'll be like oh so how's Junior doing is he feeling better and it's like what are you talking about 
Junior's fine. <laughs> but then, like, if you're listening to some of the older episodes, like, if you're listening to the episode at that time, then we might be talking about how, like, someone's under the weather yeah. or, you know, something has happened. And or so, an event's coming up that yeah. has already passed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or Taylor's conversation in the last, like, couple episodes about taxes. Like, it's now August. And you know? if I hadn't done my taxes, we'd be having a different story. <laughs> I wouldn't be here. Yeah. Well, actually, I could probably get Anyway, oh, anyway, <laughs> gotta hear IRS in here. Anyways, so um, we just wanted to take in that feedback and provide a product that you guys uh, would like to hear. And if that is real time, mm-hmm. um, now the interviews are not going to be real time. So we do have a guest today, uh, or two guests today. So mm-hmm. we'll have a conversation about that later, and we'll introduce them in an interview that we did already pre-record. But the beginning and the end of the episodes are going to be the week that we actually release. So, yeah. so Taylor, catch people up with what's going on with your life right now. What is going on right now? Um, I'm starting to feel the end of summer. Okay. The weather is kind of dipping down. I'm like, oh my God, here comes fall. And I think the transition is the hardest part. But otherwise, um, I I like fall. I always say fall is like my favorite season, but then I forget how good summers are. Anyways, <laughs> so all I'm all over the place. Tis where I am right now. I have lots of feelings about everything. Um, I had a tough day at work, kind of, sort of. Um, just, you know, just having to transition and maneuver new situations and stuff like that. So, um we're recording this on a Monday so it's kind of different also it's Tuesday love oh god see I thought it was Monday (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so just trying to get into the swing of things but otherwise things in life are looking pretty good I just recently got back from Mexico um like two weeks ago but I just want to talk about it (laughs) I had a lot of fun I went with my little sister Danae our little sister Danae Mm -hmm. and um we were celebrating her 21st so we spent four days in Cancun or in god in Cabo Mm -hmm. and then we went to Dallas and then made our way back to Oklahoma where she lives and my dad and stepmother live and a lot of my dad's side of the family Mm -hmm. so it was nice to see my uncles and um, aunts and just kind of go around Oklahoma and Mm -hmm. we had a blast in Cabo um she got drunk. I got drunk. We were drinking all day, eating all day because we were at an all-inclusive mm-hmm. resort. So it was right on the beach. We drank and ate our soul. Um, we also did parasailing and I got like five shades darker. She from- <laughs> black, black. She was like junior before she left and then she came back with like me. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Just kidding. So we definitely had a good time and a lot of fun <clears throat> in the sun and I have like five Mexican boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's what's going on with me. What's going on with you? Um, nothing. You had mentioned the transition of the weather and actually fall is my favorite season. So I'm looking forward to the flannel um, and the vest uh, over the sweatshirts and the 
the um, knee-high boots. And so I think that I'm looking forward to it. Um, I love also the weather where it's not too hot, not too cold. It's like perfect um, towards the beginning yeah. of fall. Now when you get towards like October, November, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> It's not so fun then. It's like a hit or miss. You never know what you're going to get. But this past weekend uh, was Junior's birthday. And so that was exciting um, and a lot of work. Um, (laughs) And so I think it was it was really cool. I I was freaking out a little bit and just wanted to make sure everyone had uh, what they were needed, what they needed, and all their children had fun at the party. Mm -hmm. And so we had a, a decent turnout. Um, we started the party on time, um, pretty much, and everyone came, ate. We had just enough food uh, and just enough cake, so um, it was cool. That's awesome. Um, and Junior is very blessed. So for all our friends and family that are listening or do listen to our episodes, thank you so much for continuously supporting our family and our little one um, and making his day special, whether that was a FaceTime call, a text, um, a gift, showing up on the Zoom or even being in person. So, yeah. yep, that's all I have to say. Well, you're welcome. Oh. <laughs> Whatever. I no, I really enjoyed my time. We had adult beverages. So, you know, where the <laughs> wine is, I'm having a good time. <laughs> no. Um, so, so what's our word of the week? Our word of the week is litigation. Okay. So I chose this word, no other than I like the way it sounds. And also oh we have two boss lawyers coming on. Um, so for those who don't know, <laughs> litigation is defined as the process of taking legal action. Um, so that's pretty straightforward. Okay. I just... <laughs> I guess the biggest thing about litigation is um, lawyers are involved. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I chose this <laughs> word. No other reasons than to give homage to our guests. Okay. So that's a good segue. We actually have a litigator mm-hmm. um, as one of our guests. So this week, um, we hope you guys enjoy this uh, or this interview. Mm-hmm. Um, we recorded it with Victoire and her sister Grace, um, and they are both uh, patent. Well, she's so Victoire is a merger and acquisition lawyer, more in healthcare space, and um, Grace is more. Uh, she's in kind of like the patent trademark space, mm-hmm. and so and um, right now she's in tech, I believe, if I remember right. So. Um, but I think she, she works at a actual firm, but her litigations or her focus right now are, or have been on like tech related. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, this episode, this interview, um, we, we dive into a whole bunch of stuff. It's hilarious to kind of see the two sister dynamic and, um, it's really cool. And then also at the beginning, uh, Taylor wasn't able to make it, but towards the middle of the interview, you guys might hear her just pop in. So I want to <laughs> let y'all know 
that she did she did come in there um later on towards the end of it so um because the beginning is gonna when you guys listen to the interview I'm gonna say oh I'm here by myself oh but actually Taylor jumped in and like did a sink attack and uh, (laughs) surprised us in the middle so it was cool let us know what you guys think about it um and we really enjoyed having them too on there so listen in and enjoy hey guys we are i'm so excited today um so taylor wasn't able to join us but i have my friends grace and victoire um they are they're here to talk to us about being lawyers in the law space and then also just navigating that space um, as a black woman and you know things that they're involved in the community so i'm excited um before we bring grace and victoire on so i met victoire Ooh, <laughs> this was what, 2011, 10 or 11. Yeah, spring, spring 11. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I met Victoria because she's my sister, uh, sister in Delta, but also my sister. She's pretty close. She's been in my house, so she's family now. Um, <laughs> so um, Victoire, me and her have known each other for years and she's like my direct little sister if um, we're talking in Greek and so I brought her in and um, we also had a chance to um, form a special bond or get a chance to like meet with each other and you know um, create a friendship while we were at Bloomington but then also um, that it got even better when we both moved to Chicago for when she was in law school. And then now that we're both back home um, or in Indianapolis, like we've had a chance before a pandemic to actually hang out with each other a little bit more. So Victoire and then also her um, baby sister, Grace, um, is I had a chance to meet her when we lived in Chicago. And she was also, she had transferred to, um, I think University of Chicago, right, Grace? Yeah, University of Chicago. Yep, she transferred there, and so it was awesome just kind of meet her for the first time and kind of see Victoria and Grace's dynamic and the fact that they're sisters and they're both lawyers, so, like, that's awesome. Um, so I just wanted to bring them on because I think you guys could really benefit from listening to a strong, very strong Black women that are in a space that they they have to be you know probably one of the only well they don't have to be but they are one of the only um individuals maybe on their team or in their firm um as far as their um demographic but then also too like what that comes with as far as like speaking out for yourself and standing up for yourself leading um also like dealing with um, different personalities when you're dealing with different clients and stuff or as a team. And so I think it's so important to kind of hear um, professionals in different spaces. So I thought it would be beneficial for you guys to meet them. So welcome. Thank you. We're so excited to be here. Absolutely. So I guess um, I'll give the floor to you guys. Uh, I give you I gave a brief introduction, but I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. Sure, I'll go first. Um, so this is Victoire um, speaking right now. I am um, 
for I was so a little bit of personal background before I go into professional. Um, so I was born in Rwanda, Africa, um, and uh, I am the oldest of three. So as Amber mentioned, um, I have Grace as my younger sister, and then I have a younger brother named Serge. Um, and we, so we, we were born in, in Africa, uh, spent some time in Rwanda, then lived a little bit in, in Kenya, and then um, moved to um, Elkhart, Indiana. And um, actually prior to probably two weeks ago when my dad came to visit me and my husband, I used to say at this part, I used to be like, I have no idea why we chose Elkhart from <laughs> Africa. But now finally at almost 30 years old, my dad finally told me and my husband that the reason he chose Elkhart was because he had a guy who um, he studied with in Kenya who had studied at the same um, at the same university my dad ended up studying when, when we came to Elkhart. So the guy had studied peace studies and my dad was interested, interested in studying peace studies. And so this guy told him, oh, I got my degree from the Associated Mennonite Biblical Seminary in Elkhart, Indiana. He was like, you know, I'm not Mennonite, but they have a great program. And so that's why we ended up in Elkhart was because my dad was referred to the Associated Mennonite Biblical Seminary by somebody he knew in, in back home in Kenya. So like anyway, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no idea until I was 30 years old. I, I never knew why <laughs> we chose Elkhart. I, I literally thought it was just random. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so grew up um, in, during my early childhood years and, and teenage years in Elkhart, Indiana. And then went to school at IU Bloomington, where I met my boots, Amber, um, amongst others, um, studied health administration. And then um, I worked for a, a few years, maybe three or four years in Indianapolis um, in, in health administration before going to law school. And then I went to law school at Loyola University, Chicago, specifically because I knew I wanted to remain in the health law space. Mm -hmm. um, and Loyola was either number one or number two at the time for health law. Um, and um, it was between Loyola and St. Louis University um, for their health law program. And, um, you know, shout out to all my St. Louis people, but absolutely hate St. Louis. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, I had to go to Chicago. And, um, and so I, I graduated from Loyola with, the, with a certificate in health law. Um, and uh, moved back to Indiana, um, where where I now live with my husband um, Matthew Kamalo, um, and we are in the Fishers area. Um, just bought a house. It's just us and our little golden doodle named Dash. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so I I practice um, health law now, um, and specifically I. Um, I'm a transactional attorney, a business kind of a corporate attorney. Um, so I, I mainly focus on mergers and acquisitions of various different healthcare entities. So uh, hospitals, physician groups. Um, there's actually a lot of consolidation going right going on right now in the healthcare in the healthcare mm -hmm. field. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure many people have experienced, you know, their, their family doctor being bought up by a bigger one or, or yeah. hospital joining. Um, 
And it, that's just kind of where we are right now. And so my practice is very busy. Um, and so in addition to MA, I would say MA is probably about 90% of what I do, but I also um, do kind of general corporate matters. So um, entity formation, um, uh, advising various different boards, um, things like that. And I also do a little bit of intellectual property. So my particular firm, um, you know, we we don't really do a hard IP, um, very mm -hmm. we'll to that. Um, so we don't litigate patents, we don't do things like that. But, you know, our clients, um, we like to have a, a full service firm for our clients. And, you know, many of our clients like to protect their trademarks, like to, um, you know, when we do M&A, we have to consider how certain IP will transfer um, to, to a new owner. And so that's kind of the level of intellectual property that I dabble in, not, not full hard IP, kind of the soft IP, um, IP side. So yeah, I'll pause there and um, let Grace introduce herself. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Fitz. Oh. Hi, everyone. I'm Grace. Um, and so something that I'm, I was just thinking about when you were talking, because like people always say that we have a similar voice. Yep. So I'm curious to like hear this back. It's like where we sound the same. Um, I don't think we do, but I don't think so either. <laughs> I really don't hear it either, but like always on the phone, people always say it. So, I well, you, I think the audience can probably figure it out because yours is a little bit more shrill than mine. So, if okay. you hear oh. okay, <laughs> I have a more so. soft, a soft, kind of humble, kind of um, melodic, melodic voice. I've been <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm a litigator. Um, so I, um, uh, our, you know, background became the kind of the, our historic background. So I'll start kind of from Elkhart when our paths diverged a little bit. Um, so, um, like you mentioned, yeah, we grew up in Elkhart and, um, I was it's probably like junior year of high school. I, I've always been really interested in like science and technology, um, and so I got this postcard in the mail to attend this summer program at um, MIT, mm -hmm. um, this engineering enrichment program. And so I went, I did that my junior year of high school, fell in love with engineering, Boston, MIT. Um, and so I, uh, that's where I attended for undergrad and I got my bachelor's degree in chemistry. Um, and while I was there, at first, I, I originally was on a PhD path thinking that I wanted to do research, mm. um, but kind of quickly found out when I was in the lab that that really was not for me. Like I, I don't like, while I do really, really like science and all things technology related, mm. um, the research path and I'm a very people person and that just wasn't really for me. So I wanted to find a way to kind of apply um, my tech and tech background and then my interest in sort of policy things. So I did an internship in DC uh, where I was at the American Meteorological Society um, doing policy work and uh, writing, uh, writing policy and legislation. And I really liked wow. that quite a bit. Um, and so then after, after college, I kind of 
was I, I, I had a job where I was working in policy, um, specifically education policy. Um, and I didn't really like that too much because I was like, oh, I still want science in some way. So mm -hmm. I went and worked in pharma for a couple of years. And while I was in pharma, that's when I kind of uh, learned about um, patent law as a potential path. And so I started the application process and um, ended up uh, going to the University of Chicago for law school. Um, it was cool because me and Vic got to live together in Chicago. Uh, and then after law school, uh, I went out to California, um, to LA specifically to do uh, patent law. And I really wanted to, my, my main interest with patent law and um, patent litigation specifically, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of uh, representing inventors, um, companies and things like that, that have, uh, that own, that own patents, which are, which is the best way that I kind of think of a patent, if mm -hmm. someone doesn't know it, is a pat, like how a deed to a house, a deed goes to a house. A deed is a piece of paper that tells you, here's where this house is located and here is who owns this house. A patent is a deed to technology. So here it's a piece mm -hmm. of paper that tells you here's what the technology is and here's who owns it. Uh, and in the same way that you people have legal disputes about deeds and who owns houses, people mm -hmm. have legal disputes about um, who owns technology and who, who, you know, whether somebody's infringing it, um, things like that. And so that's, that's a, that's, kind of what I do. Um, I also do a little bit of um, I, I, I kind of everything under the umbrella of intellectual property. Um, okay. So like I mentioned, I started out at a firm in, um, in LA. So if you're in LA, it's really hard to get out of doing entertainment law. So yep. I did uh, some um, trademark and copyright and entertainment law as well. Mm -hmm. um, and just everything kind of under the general umbrella of litigation. Uh, so that was my first year of practice. And kind of at the end of my first year of practice, I realized that I really want to focus and specialize in uh, specifically kind of the biotech pharma space of patent law. Um, mm -hmm. So now I've, I've switched and I'm now at a new firm um, where that's kind of my focus. and. And I guess we'll, we'll kind of probably talk about this more as we go through the conversation. Um, but in addition to kind of one of the reasons, another reason why I did make the switch was uh, I wanted to be in a more diverse legal setting. Mm -hmm. um, so this new firm kind of offers me that as well. Um, and yeah, so I'm located, I, I'm located in Indiana, but thanks to COVID, there is not really much restriction on where we can practice. I think the legal mm -hmm. industry has kind of found out that you can do your work pretty much from anywhere. So I work for a firm in DC, um, but live in Indianapolis or in the Indianapolis area, about 10 minutes away from Victoire. Okay. See there. So like there was times in between the conversation when you guys were introducing yourself that was like, I want to jump in and just ask questions about different things. Cause like mergers and acquisitions, like I've, you know, just from the 
accounting and finance side, like I've, you know, seen maybe not necessarily been like with cap, like raising capital or like, you know, sat with investors or anything, but, you know, the accounting in the background before you even get to that part, you know, that I've been involved in and like with Grace, I have worked in tech. So I'm just like, oh, you know, I can remember paying those legal bills, you know, while we had the tech companies, but just thinking about all of the technology that they were creating um, in general and how like we had so many competitors that were, you know, copying off of us or different things like that, where we had to get lawyers involved in order to kind of stop things, you know, from happening um, or, you know, get prepared if we did have to do that. So um, I love that. So I'm going to be bouncing back around between the both of you guys. So we'll, we'll focus on the legal space and then I, I won't get all like too geeky and, you know, uh, go down the legal jargon <laughs> for our listeners. Uh, we'll try to keep it light. So I guess let's go, Grace, let's go backwards. So Grace, when it comes to, you had mentioned the like entertainment space. How was that as far as, cause like when I think of LA, I think of like posh, I think everybody's are actors and actresses and like movie directors. And it's very like a big space for just beauty, you know, uh, music and like, you know, film and stuff like that. So like from a cultural standpoint, as far as from at your firm, but then also personal, like how was it kind of navigating as a lawyer to the new firm that you had worked in first out of school, dealing with different types of clients or different projects, but then also like outside of, you know, like did did your work kind of marry into your personal life because of the culture of just LA? Or maybe I could be wrong. I might have a misconception of what LA is about. So I'm curious. No, that is a really good question. Yeah, so it, it yes, um, it definitely, I guess I'll, I'll kind of start it from, yeah, there were, it, it was, LA, like, yeah, being in entertainment law in LA, there is definitely a, I, there's, I guess there's two parts of it. One, like, you, as the, as the lawyer, you mm-hmm. are as in the, in the business as somebody who's, like, on camera, and so a lot of the standards of, your skin has to be it doesn't have to be you know camera ready um Mm -hmm. and things like that but so I would say that when you see a when you see an entertainment lawyer versus somebody who's kind of in the industry yeah it's pretty clear it's pretty clear uh there's a divide um in how they carry themselves in mm-hmm. and also a lot of a lot of talent as well you know mm-hmm. you don't want your you don't want your lawyer to be some uh and i use the word flamboyant in the sense of uh somebody who is has a yeah. lot of charisma and personality before before uh before a large group of people like that's what yeah. you want is somebody who is you know what you want, what you want, and the demeanor that you want in a lawyer is still pretty uh, reserved, yep. um, sort of more conservative in dress. I would say it's it's not as conservative as say like New York, where yeah. a lot of the lawyers out there are. I think they they do still do like suits and things like that. It's, yep. it's art. There's it is a little bit more um, from what I from what I from what I observed in my experience it was a little bit more fashionable mm-hmm. um, in the attorneys there. Um, and then also, I think a lot of the uh, a lot of the, the the clients that we work with are uh, 
folks that people and there are a lot of like issues and things that are very 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 much in the forefront of like headlines of mm, entertainment mm-hmm. news media and things like that yeah. um but and then a, but then a lot of the disputes really are things that you know they're they're contract there are a lot of the contract issues mm-hmm, or mm-hmm, intellectual mm-hmm. property issues and so that you know the the facts may be a little bit more um known yeah that the analysis and the work that you're doing uh, really is um, is uh, it's it's you know it's 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 pretty it's 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 similar to other other areas of law. I will exactly. say that it does come with some like cool perks, which mm-hmm. like getting to go to like private concerts with like one of the really cool things that we got to do is like getting to go to a um, I got to go to a private concert where I was like. I could almost touch John Legend. No, oh, well. <laughs> it was at Dodger Stadium, and it was like all of the. It was like it was a concert with uh, like our uh, us and some of the other attorneys, and then um, the Dodgers, uh, like the the baseball team, and so we had better seats than even the the players. So we were oh, well. like one of the players. So like so that you know there's some there's some like cool things that 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 come with it in. Yeah in that way uh but from the from the law side of things it's you know it's contracts and 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 trademarks and maybe you'll know what movies are coming out a little bit a little (laughs) bit ahead of other people or know why this celebrity said this thing in the news but yeah yeah. can i I actually ask a question yeah great so first of all great answer um but so you mentioned that the talent who's in the industry does not necessarily want somebody who's flamboyant, extra, whatever. They want somebody who looks like, I mean, it sounded like you, you know, you're saying they want somebody that looks like they go home and study the law and don't go home to happy hour. They like, they want to know that you're <laughs> Yeah. But so then I'm so curious what you think. And I guess what you think, uh, uh, people in LA think about Kim Kardashian because to me (laughs) not her personality is the most you know reality tv like she talks like super fake her face is fake butt is fake and she's (laughs) you know she is the definition of flamboyant when it you know in, in the terms that you were using it um and you know I've gone back and forth with my feelings about Kim Kardashian I think early on I was right along with every other attorney who just felt like oh my goodness what is she doing she's gonna you know disgrace our profession and you know how lawyers are so protective about you know reputation and and Mm -hmm. protecting our, our profession so it was like oh my gosh she's just gonna make this look like anybody can just walk off of you know a tv set and do it um but then watching her work and the the really good work that she has been doing over the years and the dedication she had showed I was like you know what this this girl might change my mind yeah, and then she she go, she, but then now I'm like okay girl but the bitch had done failed the baby bar twice now so maybe oh. she not cut out for this oh no, I didn't even I haven't kept up with her legal progress I was <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think that is a unique case in which yeah. like okay what is her net worth value and so of course she's gonna be able to get people to work with her yeah. you know her yeah. father is also the person who got um 
OJ Simpson off. So like she has, she has a name outside of law. And right. so the rules that may apply to others do not yeah. apply to her. Yep. Yep. I, I would, I would say, I, I, I wouldn't, I would not, I would not uh, analyze the legal profession in LA based off of any aspect of Kim Kardashian's <laughs> yeah. air quotes career, you know? <laughs> Good point. I agree. I, I, yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I worry though that certainly- say, Let me, let me, let me have a reality TV show and try to walk <laughs> up a court. Nah, that's not- no, the judge would laugh you out the room. Can you imagine? The other lawyers would eat you up. Like, it would be, you know. Because people think, yeah, people think it's just, you know, like, you have to think about the fact that the legal profession, literally nobody checks the legal profession except other lawyers. Like, yeah. all yeah. keep each other in check. So she's not really going to have to answer to anybody but other attorneys and, and, and other judges. And, yeah, I cannot imagine a judge. And, and you know what? There, there probably will be a judge, but a, a judge taking her seriously if she walks in with a Brazilian butt lift, <laughs> talking about some like it, like, like, like the way she talks, like I just with with her skin tight, you know, skims on. Like I just cannot imagine a judge because another reason why appearance is so important in law it's like the way yeah. you look the, the way I dress when I go into the office and the way I look is a direct representation of the kind of care I take yeah. when I you know when I when I'm when I'm doing everyday things so if you you know people really do look at how how you're put together and that's going to be a testament of 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 the kind of work that you do so yeah I don't know I I just can't see um, also with the look thing because I, I don't think the I, I I think for me how I kind of see looks I, I agree with you in the sense that it, it the way that you look and how you carry yourself will be in, like will be a, like will get in the way of your career but like I feel like with it's more so the way that you look is how people judge you exactly yeah, you're gonna get I and agree he, like she has, uh, she she already is gonna get opportunities based off of her name. Yep, yep. Yeah, like, I, I, yeah, so I don't, it doesn't matter how she, yeah, all of the, yeah, like, yeah, I think we're- No, no, she's gonna get opportunities, but when, if, if but the things she's doing, the, especially the, the type of law she wants to, to be in requires you not, like you having to make your case to several, um, like government bodies she's trying to like free people from she's trying to do criminal law and so she's yeah. going to be litigating and yeah so it's it's yes i agree she's going to get the opportunities through the door but her imagine kim kardashian in front of of a uh, a jury pool like come like the jury yeah, yeah. i don't know a, a single jury that of of lay people right these are regular people lay people who are going to look at kim kardashian arguing a case and say i i want to put my trust in that person right yeah <laughs> like i agree yeah i, I definitely agree and, and to clarify what i said about looks i agree i i don't think that that the way you dress is a representation of how you will do things but people will judge you based yeah, on that yeah. like 
even that. now, even now when we're having, you know, in the Zoom reality, I have to wake up and put makeup, you know, well, not makeup, but I have to put my, I'm not putting on a full face. I don't do that in my real life. So I wouldn't do it for, <laughs> for work, but I have to like put, you know, make, put my eye, eyebrows together, put on lip gloss and make sure that my shirt is, is not the sweatshirt that I've been working on all day. I have to put myself together because yep. I know that these shareholders on the other side, the partners who I'm talking to on the other side, if I walk up with my hair all whatever or uh, in a hoodie, they're gonna think I've been sleeping all day, even if I even if I haven't, right? So, or they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna think the care that I put in, in in how I put myself together is the same care I'm gonna put when I'm drafting a memo or something, you know. So it's just yeah. law is a judgy judgy field. No matter how much. I, I disagree with it. it. It just is what it is. It's a very judgy, judgy field. Yeah. When you guys were talking about um, uh, Kim Kardashian, for some reason, uh, Legally Blonde, the Legally Blonde movie came into mind. I was like, because like, you know, this is a little bit different. Obviously, this girl was actually, she was getting, you know, she went to law school. So it's a little bit different. Um, but Victoria, when you were saying that, like it just made me it just made me laugh because I I loved that movie growing up and I could just play it over and over again I think is it Drew is that the actress uh-huh Drew yeah Bear. yeah yeah that's hilarious mm-hmm. um I wonder if there's any other like can you guys think of any other entertainment um like celebrities that have turned lawyers in the past outside of Kim Kardashian I think she's the only one that I can think of Mm, that's a good question i know that two chains actually is a lawyer but he didn't turn a lawyer i think he began as a lawyer but i'm not sure really i never knew that wow i I like him even more that's why his raps are so i mean i mean you i not to say you know what i'll I'll, (laughs) yeah I'm fact checking myself, but I believe Two Chains is a lawyer. But... I knew Two Chains was smart. I do know that. I've heard that he's like very smart, but then he just wanted he just wanted to get in the industry. So, uh, mm-hmm. but I could be wrong. I don't, but yeah, so Maybe I actually just did a quick Google, and it's saying. And just like what uh, Taylor just said, I'm not sure if this person, you know, was. I, I think they were already they already had a law degree but jerry springer oh. he has a law degree from northwestern what uh, <laughs> yeah yeah wow that's random that is so random my um oh, i did see what the other day like a few years ago it was like he had a he has like a new show called judge jerry that makes sense because i i didn't i just assumed oh you know just jerry springer let's just do a new iteration but i guess he's qualified interesting perhaps i need to watch that that's like my childhood you know staying from home together (laughs) judge judy and jerry springer yes let's do it (laughs) (laughs) i do know and don't quote me on this but i think so my um my father-in-law had mentioned um how i think jerry springer i might be wrong but i think he's from ohio and so i know like he was talking about or kentucky he was talking about like growing up um how jerry springer first started his career in like politics 
like he was getting pretty um involved in like the community and politics and then i'm not quite sure where it changed where he's on reality tv shows yeah that was a pretty like dramatic uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so gandhi was a lawyer and not really a celebrity <laughs> so it doesn't look like chu chains is a lawyer um i don't know where i heard that uh probably one of his raps <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Um, so yeah so Victoire we're gonna talk uh, so let's move on to like the business side of mergers and acquisitions so like I know when and correct me if I'm wrong because I could I'm just speaking up from it from my like perspective and involvement but not necessarily like you know um, completely being an expert in, mm-hmm. in the field and so with mergers and acquisitions do you feel like um do you feel like people are really, when you think of like some of the cases or you think about things that you've seen and you've read in like the national news, what do you think when, so let's throw one out that's not healthcare related. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what is it? That um, new movie, the- or the old me- movie theater that Amazon's trying to buy? Uh, mm-hmm. Regal, is it Regal? Or is it? Oh. Uh, I can double check. Or like, or one I do know. So like Amazon and Whole Foods. So yeah. when you think of like mergers and acquisitions and something like something that's so, um, I guess, prominent in the news, but then also the ones that are on the private, you know, um, sector of what you deal with. Like, what do you, how do you feel when you get something in front of you and you're, or you hear something in the news and you're just like, oh, I think that would be good. Or, ooh, that might be, you know, leading us into a monopoly mm. or, oh, that was, I wouldn't have done that deal, but you know, whatever, whoever's the lawyers on that, you know, be my guest. Like, so what's your thought about just overall ones that you're hearing in the news and then also maybe ones that you deal with without, obviously you can't disclose anything, but the ones you deal with from day to day. Mm, yeah. Well, so Great question. There's a lot in there. Um, <laughs> I, I, so when it comes to like these, these tech giants and, and, you know, the internet um, giants and, 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 you know, the Amazons, the Googles, all of them, and, and the way they're buying up, to be quite honest, that I actually don't even really fully grasp myself. I, I have to be very honest and just say that there, that area of law when it comes to how, how you know, antitrust and anti-competition mm-hmm. laws apply to these, um, these tech giants and these new entities that really didn't exist when these laws were written, right? Like when these laws were yeah. written, we were talking about, you know, brick and mortar, um, uh, you know, physical entities that that um that these laws were were protecting so yeah. um yeah. Or, or when it comes to these these uh, these kind of entities that don't really have a brick and mortar store and 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 they exist in this kind of like quasi physical space i yeah i i really that's that's a big question that that i think an antitrust or attorney or or you know might might 
be able to answer and maybe grace can answer it because she's she's more in tech so when yeah. those mergers happen um quite frankly i what i know when i see them and i think what we all can know when we see them is just that we probably don't under, i know even with my law degree and practicing at MA, i don't understand how that happened or what discussions happened or or what laws applied or it's just yeah. it's the it really is a very developing area um I, I, and grace would you agree or or yeah no the wild wild west of like tech uh, yeah, yeah like, no because i think what you're saying about them and how they're anti the way that they exist in like antitrust law so like a little bit of background like antitrust law was created like it became really big like back around like teddy roosevelt trust mm -hmm. busting when jp morgan and these like you know the steel u.s steel uh AT companies AT&T exactly and so so right now when you have a situation where okay amazon is a healthcare is in healthcare they do tv they yep. do other things and now they want to acquire mgm and mm -hmm. it's uh it, they're they it's so it it's it's a we, they they they're the laws haven't quite caught up with how exactly. to how to capture whether or not this is a monopoly or yep. not um and so yeah, yeah there's a, they, like to your point yeah that, that's all I would really add to, it's a weird it's a very weird kind of like gray area of law I think for me um not trying to say anything negative about any client that I may have, but as a consumer, it is a little bit scary because they do yep. operate like monopolies in that they have the power of monopolies, but don't have the regulate. They don't. They can't be regulated like what we think a monopoly was back in the day. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think the takeaway there is is and this is how I approach it. When I see those, those entities in the news and I see them um, acquiring this and that, we don't know a lot. And all I know is that we do, we have no idea what the hell just happened. And I think that's, <laughs> I think that's how we should all approach it right now because it, yeah. it really is. And the law is developing around it. Lawyers are making arguments and that's how the law kind of gets created is you make an argument and then it, you know, it becomes common law or it becomes um, statutory and and yeah. that that's we're really in the space right now of where the law is being formed around those um, and and even so for so for me it, in on the corporate side of things I often work with tax matters um, there are there are things even on, from the tax side so we all pay taxes these corporations pay taxes you keep hearing about how somehow they're not they're they're paying way less than 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 individuals or way less than uh, you know smaller yeah. businesses tax even tax law hasn't caught up to them because so mm -hmm. we all there's things you know there's franchise tax there's um there's um there's tax on 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 goods shipped across states there's yep. tax on you know there's corporate tax so for example uh when you're ta so there's there's sometimes a tax if if you are a brick and mortar store you're located in Illinois but then you go sell you go sell the 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 goods in um in, in, in Indiana, you, you yep. get taxed, right? You get taxed yep. for those cross border profits that you made. Yep. But these entities, they literally exist everywhere. Like yep. they, there, there is no, they might be maybe incorporated in Delaware or something, but they, 
the tax law really is, is so behind in figuring out how to tax these entities. Um, so yeah, it, Grace said it best, it's the wild, wild west. And all we know is that we do not know what's going on with those. Um, and, you know, when you, your other part of your question was just um, how, I think you asked, what is my reaction to, to seeing some, some of these uh, deals that happen um, that I'm working on um, and whether I would do them or not. Um, the ones I've worked on, for sure, I, I don't think I've ever gotten to the end of a deal or like uh, to closing and, and said, ah, I don't know if I would have done that. Because yeah. these deals are years and years and discussions and discussions mm -hmm. in the making. Uh, and um, so, for example, right now I'm on one where a hospital is selling, um, a huge hospital system is selling, it's a huge hospital system that, that operates across the Midwest. And they're just, they're selling seven of their entities, let's just say that are seven of their hospitals that are located in Northern Indiana, and they're selling them to another owner. Um, that discussion, there's so many approvals that had to happen before even the, the, the discussion about selling those hospitals or, or before we could start working on that. We yeah. had to get the Federal Trade Commission to approve, to make sure that there were no anti-competitive uh, aspects to this deal. Mm -hmm. This particular entity is also a religious, um, it's, a, it's a Catholic hospital. So believe it or not, we had to get approval from Rome, from the Vatican. Oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah. That is why. <laughs> yeah. And Rome was the one dragging its feet. Rome took, <laughs> just, just heard from Rome last week and this deal is supposed to be closing into the month. Um, wow. So, so there, there's so many approvals that had to happen. And then uh, there's there's such a long process of due diligence where the, the buyer is vetting the seller to make sure that seller is quote unquote healthy. We're looking at their contracts. We're looking at yeah. all licenses. We're looking at their business structure to just, be, and this is all before we even get to, 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 to closing. We've looked at all of that. Um, so, I, from where I have sat, um, these deals are quite sophisticated and the buyers and sellers are quite sophisticated and yeah. I'm knocking on wood, but I have not gotten to a, a position where I was just like, uh, I would yeah. not have done that deal. Um, yeah. Now, I will say we, we are seeing weird things happening in healthcare where um, people are realizing, and I think people have realized for a long time, but specifically private equity and uh, private equity companies. So these are companies where you just have random investors, you're investing in this company and you have people who are, who are managing your portfolios and yeah. investing your money in the best, best, um, best opportunity for growth. Mm -hmm. uh, so these are non-healthcare entities and we're having a lot of them lately investing and in buying up our hospitals or physician mm -hmm. So you have a lot of these private equity equities who have no idea about healthcare, who don't yeah. know the hoops they have to go through, um, all of the government regulation and oversight over healthcare. All they're worried about is the bottom line and making money and buying an entity that is going to um, make their investors um, or their equity partners rich. Um, and so we've been seeing a lot of that happening lately where we have these buyers that send us these very like just 
non-applicable contracts and, mm-hmm. and they just don't understand what they're getting into when they're stepping into healthcare. Um, so from that perspective, I would say I have, I, I, I would, I have not liked those buyers. <laughs> I understand. Uh, I have not liked them. And it's not that I wouldn't do the deal. These, you know, the people who are selling the, the physicians who are selling to them, you know, they're, they're usually ready to retire. They just want to get out and, um, they know that once they sell to this private equity firm, that private equity firm is going to turn around and sell it in probably five years to somebody else, right? Because they just want to yeah. make money. Um, yeah. But what I what I am seeing is is just I, I, not necessarily like I wouldn't have done the deal, but I'm I'm starting to have opinions about who's who the buyer is and whether this buyer knows what they're getting into. Yeah. So yeah. that makes me think uh, politics and law um, are definitely predating the tech industry and how much um, advancement we're making in modern society and um, the healthcare even. I know, for example, with biology, now there's a whole field that's like biotech. So I wonder about with um, law, how do you see it changing as we continue to change as a society, either Grace or Victoire, um, whoever has a strong opinion about it. I think, um, I would say like in, I have a couple thoughts on that because I'm super, super interested in this Mm -hmm. topic. Um, In general, like law, as you take the law in general, is supposed to be uh, a practical application of the world that we live in like right now. And so at Mm -hmm. whatever time that it has ever existed in, law was, there's always been, you know, the idea of technology has always been, there's always been some new invention and law has always been there to regulate it when the first car came or the first, and, 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 and then, so, that that principle i think is like just always kind of there law trying to catch up with technology Mm -hmm. um and but as it kind of applies to where we are right now where technology the rate of technology is increasing very 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 rapidly Mm -hmm. um there is a lot of areas that um within law it just it do, hasn't really quite caught up I think Zeke the thing that you were talking about earlier this antitrust area how mm-hmm. antitrust exists for like big tech companies um is a very new area because it's it's the first time I, I can think of like in history where you have uh, a company like an Amazon that exists, a company that, you know, I think they started as like an online bookstore. Yes, yep. That now is like, has all of our healthcare information. It's, yeah. it's, it's just, it's, it's, and so that, those type of, those types of weird things have, um, have come into play that, that haven't, that kind of haven't always existed where law um, trying to catch up um, and 
So I think I, I, what my thing is, I, I am of the mind that we need more people who are in the, who understand the technology mm-hmm. and understand and understand a lot of these new innovations to be in law and to mm-hmm. be at the table um, crafting crafting laws um, and to have to have a say to also have a say in how uh, in how the other structures of law exist. So one thing is an idea in law is this idea of precedent where mm-hmm. how we did things in the past is how we're going to apply into the future. Yeah. So, and, 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 and this is to bring up a, like a kind of a, a, a example outside of this space. Okay, like con- in constitutional law, another uh, one of the things the way that we interpret the constitution is let's go and this is this is it doesn't matter which area of the constitution that we're looking at one of the ways that supreme court justices interpret um interpret the constitution is they'll go back to let's go back to 1789 and see how they were (laughs) what they were uh, how how what they meant when they wrote this word yeah right and then Let's now bring it now to the 21st century and let's apply it to this new thing. Yeah. So another, the way that that's been applied, that, so one of the ways that that's kind of come up is this in gerrymandering. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because of technology, gerrymandering has become so sophisticated. Now, the Constitution has some words about, you know, how voting should be done mm-hmm. um, and what, how, how, how districts should be written. Yeah. Those words that were written in 1789, I don't know if they knew that we yeah. could, to a street level and even house level, be a, because of technology, be able yeah. to understand that you can really manipulate, um, not, well, maybe manipulate is, uh, maybe that word is controversial, but you can really, with some, with a <laughs> lot of precision, know how this vote might could come out. Yeah. Uh, and the Supreme Court in the most recent case where they addressed the issue of gerrymandering, the most recent one that I kind of have read, they were like, yeah, um, basically the holding was, yeah, gerrymandering is probably, is, is definitely unconstitutional. Like gerrymandering for the sake of winning an election is probably unconstitutional. Yes. But we're not gonna, we're not gonna touch, we're not gonna answer the question of how do we fix it? Like they didn't touch the technology at all. So it, like things like that are, are those, there's a lot of kind of, there's a lot of examples and that, that doesn't necessarily answer your question. I don't know if that did answer yeah. your question, Taylor, if kind of, if I kind of veered off, but that there's, there's, that's a, that there's a lot of examples like that, that I, I see in law where my goodness, y'all, we need to catch up. We really need to catch up and very quickly because technology is moving. The rate at which technology is moving is increasing. We have cryptocurrency and those issues of how it's decentralized decentralization of, of currency. um, And that's a huge thing that law and lawmakers in general have not quite, quite given a lot of clarity on. Um, it's so true. Yeah. yeah. It just makes me think of, so cybersecurity is kind of something that I think is also a part of that too, um, such as like, Mark Zuckerberg can own Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And those are like really big data sharing platforms. So it's how do you regulate something when, you know, 
data, big data wasn't necessarily a a worry in the 1700s on these mm-hmm. <laughs> to even have a precedent on. So yeah, and you're getting you're getting to the, there to the 1700s. You know, like why are we still doing? You know, that that's another question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're getting to the heart of a lot of how, like how, I mean, Grace, this whole discussion about, well, you know, this didn't exist when the law was written. This is get, taking me back to like the, the way you approach the law, you know, and the different, the way approaches of the law. Are you a fundamentalist such that you look at the law, the way it is written in, in the most strict and literal terms, or do you look at it um, in the way and what what was the intent of the law mm-hmm. right and so do you do you interpret the law um, in a way that you just focus on the intent and and, and and such that you can apply it to current current times that is that is that is a struggle even the Supreme Court judges are always um, are always toying with so interesting stuff yeah and it makes me think about when you guys were talking about Amazon and healthcare it made me think about Apple Nick and I have this conversation all the time because I always ask him, he loves watches. And I'm like, why don't you get your Apple watch? You don't have to get yeah. the ones that are kind of bulky looking. They have really nice ones that yeah, don't even yeah. look like, wa- you know, Apple yeah. watches. He's like, no, I don't want them to know all my heartbeats and, you know, <laughs> all my steps and all <laughs> the food that I ate. You have an iPhone? Yeah, exactly. You got an iPhone. They already know. They yeah. Already know. <laughs> especially since he logs his food they know (laughs) they know know. does he pay his taxes they know does he walk up they know like listen my me and my uh cia agent we're pretty tight i talked to him and i just know he's there he's probably listening to this right now we just (laughs) this is why i have like these irrational like tech like surveillance thing my I I won't do the 23 in me but I have like Mm. so many Alexas that are constantly listening to me but I'm really like I'm like irrationally scared of 23 and me or like any of those like DNA things yeah (laughs) yeah yeah my uh who was it it might it also might have been Nicholas because I was like let's swab your mouth and he was like you're gonna sell my data oh that was another thing too he was uh when Junior was first born he um I thought about getting like the um the thing that looks like an ankle monitor <laughs> that you put on the baby's legs or whatever and monitors their heartbeat uh, and yeah. stuff while they're sleeping like, yeah so, like a prison like a prison <laughs> It, it kind of looks like that but it's cuter you know it's a it's like, yeah, you know, know. but but make it fashion yeah <laughs> prison but make it fashion <laughs> no, not on a black boy i'm not putting nothing that resembles yes. anything about the prison system on a black i'm a young black man but it was though, right well it was more it was it came with a camera that even makes it even worse that that argument even makes it worse but it was like it came with an app also that like monitors like his breathing in case he like you know SIDS and all that other stuff he was like absolutely not we're not paying for that the company I don't even know who made it at the I can't remember who makes it he was like they will not have any data on Junior's heartbeat or his ankle or be able to watch him while he's asleep like absolutely not so it's just interesting when you guys are talking back and forth about healthcare and 
how like we have iPhones, it's too late, you know, and just different things. It's like, how much information are you really going to give out? Like, I even think about my email as far as like from legality standpoint and like personal identity and stuff, like we had to do some updates to our, um, like we had to talk to our financial advisor about, you know, different accounts and different things we got going on. And he was like, yeah, you know, since you guys just got married, we still have your old name on, you know, your current account. Like, can you send us over your marriage certificate and blah, blah, blah. And I was just thinking in my head, like when it comes to like sending personal data over an email address, you know, like mm-hmm. how that's just so unsafe, you know, yeah. and different things. Well, there like are that. ways. Sure. And I don't know if the person that receives it, if there is some way also, usually like they have a portal where you can upload that's like secure, yeah. but even yeah. those secured portals can be hacked. So it's just yeah. interesting. Well, the thing is like, okay, and I guess I'll, I'll have to ask you and maybe your audience this question, but so for me, there's, you're talking about two different things. There's the one where you're talking about like right now, sending your information via email and it could get accessed by some sort of hacker who is going to then use it to steal my money and do all yep. these other things, right? Steal my identity. But then on the, the other one we were talking about was the government using your data or maybe not even the government, maybe just these tech companies using our data to figure things out about us, right? And I watched the whole Netflix documentary about how this can spiral into literal, you know, global doom. Yeah. But but my thing is, I guess, yeah, I'm, I am more afraid of, of hackers, the individual people accessing my data. I think for me with the sharing information and, you know, like what Nicholas was, was not wanting to do and Grace, what you're not wanting to do with 23andMe, I almost think that those are like, those are arguments too little, too late. Like, mm-hmm. it's like your data is already so out there. And if the government wants to get your data at this point, they can get it. If those tech companies want to get your data, they, they have probably already have it and they can get it. And so those arguments about like, well, I don't want to get my kids iPhones because I don't want the government to have their data or I don't want blah, blah, blah. I, I think those to me are like, I just feel like it's too little too late. And so I don't even worry about that. I, I, I worry more about the, the, the latter we were talking about Amber and having hackers take it. Cause that's more of like a direct and eminent and real danger. Whereas the other one is the other with the government and tech companies is they have the data. Yeah, it could spiral into all of this, but it could not, it might not. And, yep. and, and they already have it. it so what is you not doing 23 and me stopping like i mean i think if they think the two are related i don't see those two as separate because these hackers at least like the big ones that are in the news it's like they're not hacking an individual like my little bank account they went (laughs) into everyone so like they're hacking the amazons they're Mm -hmm. hacking the 23 and me's and so i guess Maybe it's still irrational, but I still feel like if I give my some type of sensitive information that hackers will then hack the the database system. But you giving your 23andMe data, your genetic code, that is not the data that these hackers, that is... That has no value to these hackers at this. Well, maybe maybe it does. Well, how how come? Why not? Maybe, maybe <laughs> it does have some value. But my point is, yeah. like, if, if 
Grace, do you have you have the emergency app in your in your iPhone, right? And you've already put it. I sure um, don't. You don't. Sure don't. None of my biological information is in any system. But you went to uh, you got immunized at a public government health department, and you and they have that information, right? Like I got the COVID shot. You mean? No, like you got your your. I don't know, infected shots, all that stuff. Like yeah, that you know, like that doesn't information. And also, I as working in um, a healthcare space too, I'm sure, like with the electronic health records and stuff. Yes, they're still hackable, but they're a little bit more encrypted than. Uh, some of these um, companies actually do sell your data. Mm. Um, so I think that is kind of a big uh, worry for a lot of people, even just putting it out there, right? So like, um, I don't think genetic code would be useful for anybody unless you're like an evil scientist. Like I, I aspire to be, I'm just kidding. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bottom line is like, okay, that genetic code what could it be used for like I what read, huh? I read way too many like science scientific like papers about mm -hmm. like I think okay so I do so like there's like um there's a lot of um there's a like the technology of genetic engineering is increasing at like a really yeah. really, really fast pace and yeah. that's not to say that anything could happen but I will say that I don't the information like my information or anybody's genetic information um, could be used in a way that like, I just like, I just want to know, like it, yeah. it can be used in so many, so, and it's already being used in so many different ways to like make new copies of, of like, there was like you know, CRISPR baby, but I just yeah. read that, like there's an article about people using this new genetic engineering technology and they like have actually like they got you know they got into jail for it because it's definitely legal but they were able to like create genetic engineered babies yeah. uh, well and I guess the bottom line is yeah and often all of this all often comes down to it's it's well just let me know so I can opt in or opt out yes. or yes. also yes, if right. you're monetizing or also if you're monetizing I want a cut of it I guess mm -hmm. that's usually those are that's those are usually the arguments that this whole data sharing thing comes down to, um, and I guess there's just nothing I, I care enough about to either opt in or opt out that they could use it for. And also, I, I'm not worried about this little money that they're not going to give me anyways. I just feel like it's a it's a it's a it's a it's it, like I said it's a little a, a too late of an art of a of a fear at this point given that we literally live in a technology world like. I just, my fear could be irrational i'm gonna keep holding on to it <laughs> <laughs> i think it's really cool that we have, i on the other side i'm like well i think sharing data is great as a scientist that's the only way that we are able to really make progress so like with the sequencing that i do um because you know I work with genetic codes every day there's uh, first of all you there's only a select amount of people who can really do something with it but um also a lot of that CRISPR gene editing is usually used more for um 
just the optimization of patient health. So if that makes you feel any better, Grace, does that make you? <laughs> well, Grace has a background. She went that's to what all of my bio friends say. They all say, all of my friends who are in biology, they all, it's like, it's for, it'll give better, better health information and it yeah. gives like better individualized medicine. And that may be true. Until I see the evidence of it in my life, y'all can't touch me. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. There's always a double, you know, it's a double-edged sword. There's the good, and then there's always the people who can do something bad with it, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. True. I think the good, for me, I, I, and this is where Grace usually, Grace and I usually diverge in, in conversations like these, because I, <laughs> I, I tend to weigh more on, like, the, the benefits, and Grace is like, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly yeah and it's always like it's interesting because grace like a uh, like grace was mentioning earlier she had like she started her underground and or under not her underground jesus her undergrad in chemistry and did research at mit and worked in dc and stuff like that so she sees and built policy you know had built policies around um you know healthcare related you know things and so it's interesting yeah. to kind of see it from I, I think like Grace you can see it from both sides probably like mm -hmm. you can see it from like the the you know science side but then you can also see it like the law side too and like I oh my gosh so. I think that's a really good yeah because I think in theory yes I think on the science side in theory these are really really good things but I will say that my experiences have taught me in some ways yeah. that things get lost in the sauce. Yes. <laughs> and maybe this might be an irrational, then I think maybe that might be an irrational fear, but it it's an irrational fear that's rooted in like some, a little bit of, of, of life experience. But again, also Vic, you also like, I am more on the, like what is the worst case scenario yeah you have to think that way don't um, you in your line of work or unfortunately yes mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> definitely do but you cannot let the worst case scenario over over you know overshadow yeah. the rational and the and you know and the possible and you, you just can't let it consume you and I yeah 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 i'll say this last point and then we can probably move on but i would i can also see it from your side uh boots because like you're you have your background in healthcare, so you know and you see you know you see these mergers and acquisitions and you see you know i don't know if you actually individually meet with like some of these physicians or different things and see the type of work that they do for their patients but you can see like how you know, technology and, and data and different things can benefit, you know, even your clients knowing yeah. more information before they even sell or buy. So yeah, that's actually, yes, this is like a therapy session. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> mediating us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys are both saying the same thing, but you're saying in different ways. <laughs> just kidding. So, um, but on to like, let's do some rapid fire. So Taylor and I can go back and forth. Um, okay. So my first question that I would ask is a rapid fire and either one of you guys can answer or both. What would you say if you had a mentor, what has your mentor ha told, like, what did you gain from advice from your mentor that has helped mm -hmm. you in your profession?
Um, oh, geez. Um, oh, I, I mean, there's so many I'm trying to think through. Grace, Grace, you go, you go. I, okay. Two things, two things that, uh, that two of my mentors, two different mentors told me. One was, um, in your professional, uh, like, prof as it relates to built, like building your professional career, whether it's networking or, or yeah, whether it's networking or, or whatever it is, do what you enjoy and what feels easy for you. Uh, and then second thing that another mentor taught me is a good mentor uh, lets you correct them, uh, uh, like not lets you, encourages you to correct them when they're wrong. And that's mm -hmm. when I'm looking at that. Love it. Um, I think one that has resonated with me through the years, um, you know, especially with, with, you know, being a black woman in law, oftentimes imposter syndrome can set in, but something that I always come back to, it's little, but it's, it always gives me fire. It's just that you were, you, when you made it there for a reason and you were, you were hired and you were selected for a reason, like, don't, don't come in and change and, 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 um, and succumb to how the culture is at the firm or how other or the, the workplace or how other people are acting no be yourself be the person you were in the interview and you were you were hired because you add something and and, and hold, hold true to that i love that awesome so i guess this is kind of along the same lines when you guys are in the thick of it um as in maybe studying for the bar was it or maybe having a really difficult case or client what is something that you would like to provide encouragement for those who may be going through the same space or what got you through it i just think that um one the higher your goals are the harder it is going to it is going to be to get there. So the hardship is part of the journey and the struggle is part of the journey. It is part of the reward, really. Like when you're in it, it might not feel that way, but to appreciate the, the gift and to appreciate the finish line, you had to have gone through that hardship. If you didn't, it, it wouldn't be the same. Um, and so, you know, just understand that in that moment, it, this is part of the hardship is part of the reward and just some advice I would give if somebody is studying for the bar or going through you know very hard uh, final or something like that I think for me what what has worked time and time again even right now when I'm on on big transactions that I have to focus on is routine really does help like Right, write your schedule down, plan out your workout days, plan out days for, you know, when you're going to cook and, and when you're going to um, talk to family and all of that and stick to it. Your routine will, will really help you, you know, make this mountain into a more bite-sized and manageable task. Mm. Um, I think uh, my, my advice um, at the moments when things are the most uh, like peak peak um, stress, mm -hmm. uh, rest, um, rest, 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 rest. Uh, it gives perspective. Uh, I find that a lot of times when I'm like, when I have a lot on my plate and I'm kind of just like staring at something, I'm like, oh my goodness, why can't I figure this out? Or why can't I figure this thing out? Mm -hmm. um, I nap, I will go take a nap. I go do yoga. 
um, and I find rest and then come back with a new perspective. Like one thing that I do before every, um, before like every trial, every exam that I've ever had, I, um, I don't do work the day before. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't do anything uh, work-related the day before. And I find that when I, and no matter how I feel as though like, oh, I still have more to do. It's like, mm, mm-hmm. no, the best thing that you can do is show up um, with a clear mind. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and if you feel as though, like if I get to a point in any, in any assignment or anything that I'm working on, where I feel like I'm kind of starting to spin my wheels, that is my, that for me is my signal to just stop. And it's not, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I love that. I love it too. Especially the whole part about just, I mean, Grace, I feel like you talked about self-care and Vic, I think you talked about like mainly just perseverance, you know, Mm -hmm. and and that's kind of what sometimes the advice that I give to Taylor when she's trying to figure out life steps and different things. It's just like, sometimes it's going to suck. <laughs> and she just got to push through. And, you know, if it's easy, it's not worth having. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I love that. Um, well, that's, that's all I have on my side. I've really like, you guys can see me. I'm like, like bowing to you guys right now like I really enjoyed you guys coming on and sharing your time with us and just informing us about a whole bunch of different things that I did not know about law you know so um I think we all kind of can take away something you know yeah. bits and pieces and something that you guys have said so thank you so much yeah thank you so much and I really do think that you've provided a lot of encouragement and look at y'all being black excellence in real life and um, thanks for coming on absolutely thank you both for having us and this is great you all are really great moderators and like I said uh, for a moment there it really did feel like we were in therapy just talking through how (laughs) we approach the world how different things impact us and I think I think this is such a beautiful beautiful idea so good job guys thanks guys thank you we try (laughs) well thank you for coming on absolutely So y'all, that interview was tight. Thank you, Victoria and Grace, Thank for coming. Yes, for coming on. Lots of giggles, lots of. Uh, we were talking about towards the end. The episode was like therapy. Yes. <laughs> um, as it got heated about um, the twenty-three <laughs> and me situation and the, the amount of personal information we share and not share and so um I mean what's your take on it I know we kind of talked about in the episode but I know for me I um don't have any problems with 23 and me I actually like it Mm -hmm. um I feel like I share my data on my what do you call it apple watch and all that other stuff I guess for me I'm not so concerned with the 
idea of sharing data because I have an iPhone like that is <laughs> sharing data all the time. I think the main thing for me is the um, uh, accuracy of the test as well, um, which we as a scientist, I was actually just talking about this with somebody like we recorded this interview a while ago, and this came in a conversation recently in an academic setting, and their accuracy is not that good. Mm-hmm. And so, well, they knew who my mom was. Yeah, because you gave them information into that, too. No, but- I didn't. You, there's like a whole demographics thing you have to fill out not for 23 and me I didn't you didn't say like I didn't say where my parents lived or anything I just gave them my sample um, but I guess the other part of that is for them to match who your parents are is different than for them to match where your genetics come from so there's some like research and um uh science to how they do what they do but Mm -hmm. it is also not necessarily um from what I've heard right I haven't done my own research in it I I just don't trust it I personally just don't trust it that will give me his saliva but to add it to the database so that I can see because there's a lot of um demographics that are in me that's that Taylor says is not accurate but I'm curious to know why I have certain things but then like I question what had how Taylor feels about it because when I was pregnant I actually did genetic testing on myself and my and junior mm-hmm. at the time and Nicholas and some of the things that came back kind of explained a little bit of what what I was seeing on my um 23 and me mm-hmm. so like different strands of different diseases and different things that are more predominantly in a certain demographic started showing up in my um, genetic testing and then it made sense when so for an example I have um, a strand or some type of genetic coding for like Tay-Sachs disease Mm -hmm. and so that's predominantly found in Caucasian Mm -hmm. individuals and so um it was just my doctor was very shocked and confused on why that even showed up in my results. And so she was really asking me how much um, Caucasian mm-hmm. I have in me. Mm-hmm. And so it was just interesting when I got my results, the percentages were a little bit higher than what I expected. And yeah. so it's just, it would be interesting to see my dad's side because I feel like most of that is probably coming from his side and my mom. And we have an oral history of having Caucasian family members mm-hmm. in our lineage. Yep. So, I mean, to me, uh, there's one part of this is recombination of alleles. So when what I when I mean by that is each child could have a different combination of what their parents' genetic code is. And so you never, um, you can trace back identity much easier than you can trace origins, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So I feel like, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's like 
the root of all evil or like a waste of money necessarily would I spend my money no but like mm-hmm. I could see how somebody would want to yeah and I think also too like if you had long lost family members or like our mom's dad passed away very very long time ago um even like when she was a baby so there's a whole side of a family that we haven't we don't know anything about mm-hmm. never even met so it'd just be interesting to kind of see who those people are and that side of the family is from Chicago. And so I wonder, and this is a far stretch, but I wonder if that's why I feel so my strong like connection to that city. I mean, uh, I think the body does remember. Yeah. Even if we're not conscious. <laughs> See, maybe you do believe in astrology. Okay, anyways. <laughs> Taylor, what's the self-care tip for the week? <laughs> so self-care tip for the week. So um, I don't know if, anything if anybody um knows this or if I've said this before um but I was in therapy for a while I know I've shared that um but part of the reasons for me showing up there was that I was feeling anxiety in a way that I had never felt before which my therapist went forward and she's not a psychiatrist but I think therapists can diagnose um in the sense of like these type of things. She said depression, but I think it was more mm. anxiety, just knowing what I know. And, and so it's you're just saying that she's wrong. <laughs> What's funny to me though about me and my therapist's relationship is that like I would challenge her. Like I would challenge, she would tell me like to do something or that something was something. And and it was a conversation and it was supposed to be a conversation, but I always never just took her for face value. And she loved that. She was like, you're one of my favorite clients because of that. But anyways, <laughs> so um, I last week was having a really hard time dealing with my anxiety, um, trying to manage it. It's Leo season, so intensity of <laughs> emotions. <laughs> I just say things sometimes just to get a reaction out of Amber. But anyways, <laughs> so um, I found this uh, quote. Well, it's not a, yeah, I guess it is a quote. Um, their Instagram at name is Moon almonds and so this was written by esther t and what the post says is anytime you're told your soul feels overwhelmed with anxiety that's the universe telling you that your breakthrough is around the corner Mm. when a chapter is ending things get confusing hard and infuriating that's why you have to remain high-spirited grateful and focused through your journey don't give negative energy a chance to linger around not even for a second there are two roads you can take at this point one that repeats the same cycles you're currently experiencing or one that throws you into a world of new beginning wherever you decide let your intuition guide you and your faith inspire you you're getting closer to greatness each day Mm. and so not only did this break down the anxiety like you are overwhelmed because you've been here you've done that you need to figure it out and get out of here or stay and get comfy and so I I chose to get out of there (laughs) 
type of situation, like a mental escape, if you will, of reframing how I was thinking about situations and um, meditating and finding clarity through it. Because a lot of times for me, my anxiety manifests in a way where it clusters my thoughts. And all I can do is think about how bad something feels and like not necessarily find a solution. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so with my therapy and the techniques that I utilize, it's a grounding. It's a, yes, you have a problem and you have feelings about this problem. And, or it's not even that you have a problem, but like there's something that is causing you to ruminate and have these feelings of deprecation. So getting to the root of this cause allows me to figure out what I need to do to get out of this feeling. Mm -hmm. So my self-care tip for the week has to do along the lines with when you're in your most infuriating, ragey, (laughs) uh, anxiety, Mm -hmm. what do you do? Because like, full transparency like I like had a full meltdown Mm -hmm. like not cute like not cute meltdown and in that moment it was like okay I'm gonna let these emotions flow Mm -hmm. and allow this to guide me to my next movement which is to choose myself Mm -hmm. and to be happy and make a plan to get out of here <laughs> like you're talking about Indianapolis well that was yes that was part of it um and I think that's kind of the situation also letting certain relationships go mm-hmm. um allowing things to flow as they need to mm-hmm. um so yes I I invite you to take a moment during a time where you're feeling overwhelmed to let the emotions come and say, I see you, you are valid and I have you and I can nurture you and we will get through this and then send that emotion away. Um, I like guided meditations to get me started in the practice. Mm -hmm. And then like throughout the week, so the first night, I was so caught up. I needed that guidance. So I had a guided one. Now throughout the week, I've just found myself taking my five seconds in, seven seconds out breath. It's actually a a common technique that therapists use Mm -hmm. and that has been clinically shown to calm feelings of anxiety and anxiousness. Um, So start with breathing five seconds in seven seconds out and then move into finding your meditation and your place of acknowledgement of your emotions and releasing them and that's my self hair my self-care tip of the week self-care i'm just kidding Uh, (laughs) it's all good well thank you taylor you're welcome so I would say the grind tip for the week this week is more focused on um, something I learned this week 
Uh, and I mentioned a little bit at the beginning of the episode about me um, trying to put together a birthday party for Junior. And as I was putting it together, I had everything planned, tried to, you know, send out reminder messages, tried to think ahead of like presents, gifts, people's questions, um, safety tips, because we're still in COVID and it's real and people are still getting sick, et cetera. Um, it came to the night before and, and the day uh, uh, the day before I, things were not going as planned at all. I ran out of time. And I think it's from one of the things that I've learned is delegation is key. So if people are in humility, so if people are willing to help you, and, they, and it's genuine, like they're not saying, oh, well, if you need any help, just let me know. Like if you actually do call them, and they like genuinely want to help. It's sometimes good to just, you know, accept the help instead of thinking you can take on everything. And so um, to those individuals that did help, Miss Carmen, Deanna, Taylor, my mom, um, and uh, Brittany and BJ, uh, Nicholas didn't do nothing. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. And, uh, and Nicholas um really do appreciate you guys coming in and just like helping kind of bring out the vision to the best that we could um that day and so I think like having their help and just being able to say being organized too so I got you know got to do this got to do that and just really asking somebody you know if they ask you what's on your plate and what you can help with it's good to just say, you know what, I have these 12 things on my plate. What is one of or two of them that you want, you would like to help with? And it just made things, even though we were running around like crazy uh, and we started on time um, <laughs> up until the last minute, it was still, I think if I didn't ask for help and delegate and took a deep breath like Taylor was mentioning and think okay you know what the worst thing that can happen Junior's not going to remember this so <laughs> if it's a disaster like who cares but you know? it wasn't it, it wasn't it wasn't at the all the kids had so much fun yeah I wanted to play with the water balloons they yeah so much fun yeah so so to wrap it up delegation is good uh to, and and being humble and organized is good so that's one thing mm-hmm. I would leave for you guys but to Taylor's comment about the of water balloons, that's one thing I wish I would have maybe asked around a little bit more because most of the kids, actually the kids were kind of like a variation of ages. ages yeah. um, so the so we created like a little water park in the backyard, semi. It's like not like over the top water park, but it was like some inflatables, a little pool, water balloons, whatever. It had like a little sprayer thing that came on the inflatable, et cetera. Yeah. And so we thought that, you know, with kids ages, I think Ella was, uh, I don't even think she's a year, uh, all the way up to 13. Um I didn't even think the 13 year olds were even playing in water, which they didn't. And so like the water balloons, I was thinking, okay, if we got like 500, maybe the parents or the adults that, you know, since there were adult beverages would get drunk and we would just have like a water balloon. That's fight. what you said. And that's what I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> but then like 45 minutes into the party, all the water balloons were gone because <laughs> the little kids got a hold of them. 
And it was so cute kind of seeing them uh, have a water balloon fight mm-hmm. and we got some laughs and giggles and entertainment. Um, but so next year, if we do decide to do water again, I'll get 1500. <laughs> we probably more than that. <laughs> they went through like 500 in like two minutes. Yeah, that's true. So we probably need like a good 10 grand, 10,000. That's a lot of balloons. Yeah, our backyard would be destroyed. Them? Oh, God. You got to do it in batches. Yeah. That's oh, a lot of work. Yes. And thank you for all those that the individuals that helped at the end pick up all the water balloons and pull down the tents. Appreciate y'all. Yeah. So so yeah, that's the only thing I will leave for you guys is and this can be applied for work too. Like delegation is so much like when we're talking about self-care and being a leader, being a good leader, mm-hmm. and you know, business owner, employee, whatever, it's a good, you know, parent a good significant other just a good overall overall like um emotionally um intelligent individual you need to understand that you cannot do it all mm-hmm. i don't care if that means you gotta hire somebody to clean up your house because mm-hmm. maybe you don't have time mm-hmm. or you got calls you know a family or a friend to come watch your kid because you need a break or you are working on a project and you need help at work, you know, or you're a manager and you're managing a team and you're trying not to be a bike or manager. You need to just learn how to delegate and trust, you know, that whatever you give to whoever you need help from, that they'll do it right. Yeah. So uh, it will take so much more stress off of yourself. But if you are a perfectionist, it might be um, overwhelming because you know that you like things the way you like them and no one can do it better than you but you gotta release (laughs) that you know let it go I'm just laughing because you're saying this like no one can do it better than me but I just need the help and I, (laughs) I get it and I get it and I think that's a part of perfectionist paralysis is what it's called you you want to be so perfect that you don't get anything done because everything you spend too much time on. So yeah, time management too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I will leave for you guys this week. So Taylor, where can you find us? You can find us at theinnercircle.podgals on Instagram. You can also email us at theinnercircle.podgals dot podgals at gmail.com send us some listener letters um mm-hmm. yeah or slip into our dms or slip into our dms either way and also too guys we're gonna have so much fun next week because this weekend we are taking a family trip in the city mm-hmm. and we cannot wait to talk to you guys about it next week so so tune in all right have a good night day morning guys Bye.